0: Hello friends and welcome to this episode of On Grace. Hanging out with the mega powers Hulk Hogan and Macho Man Randy Savage, Wade Hunter, and Wendell Van Valen. Oh yeah! That's a good one. one. Are
1: they both dead? No, no just one. Just Hulk. Just Hulk, just Hulk
2: is still alive. The Macho oh, Man,
1: may he rest in
2: yeah, peace. Yeah, Macho's he dead. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know what? I've made fun of your love of big time wrestling. Those are two that I just loved. Both you just them. feel bad about how
0: <laughs> angry you were at being compared to Slash oh, or no. Axl Rose. <laughs> Never entered my head. No,
2: no, no, no. I, I st- Love keeps no record of wrong. That's, <laughs> that's
1: what that's I've good. heard. <laughs> no,
2: ro- Randy Macho Man is probably my favorite wrestler of all time. Yes. He's just... It's he, like he was
0: born to be yes. a professional <laughs> yeah. wrestler. No was question. he ever
1: anything besides that? He was a baseball player. Oh, really? Uh,
0: yes. And um, fun fact, he was in the Cincinnati Reds minor league system. Right. And he uh, hurt his arm or his shoulder. Was he a pitcher? Uh, no, he oh. was an outfielder. Yeah. But um, he hurt his uh, his throwing shoulder right. and so taught himself how to throw left-handed oh, as ah. an adult. Yeah. Oh, my. That. Yes. Yes. That's he cool an athlete person. then. Yes, his real yeah. name was Randy Poffo, P-O-F-F-O. <laughs> oh. That sounds savage. Yeah. <laughs> Not quite as savage. Oh, let's go wrestle the Poffo. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and his brother was actually uh, a professional wrestler. He went by the moniker of Leapin' Lanny Poffo. All and right. uh, <laughs> and later the genius he would come to the ring and read a poem, <laughs> <laughs> and do y'all not remember this? <laughs> really? no, no, poetry remember indicates genius every, yeah, every time. time. That's right. <laughs> he would come out like in a uh, like in a graduation gown <laughs> and, and cap and uh-huh. he would, okay. he would read a poem. And uh, hmm. but they never recognized that they were brothers.
2: And beat you to death with um, the mortarboard. Oh, really? He would he would hit you with yeah. Oh okay. Well, yeah, well
0: there you go. He was a bad guy. Yeah. Oh, he was a villain. <laughs> yeah,
2: you yeah. could be pretty vicious with a mortal war. <laughs> he right.
0: was a heel in the uh, professional wrestling. Ah, I see. Yeah, I see. Okay. A heel. But to my knowledge, they never acknowledged that they were brothers, or that oh. they ever did anything really together. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah,
1: I'd have to be wrong
2: about them doing something together, or them being brothers.
0: No, they're brothers. Definitely. Okay. I don't. I don't think they ever did that anything together. Research.
2: Yeah. Yeah. How, how deep have you dug into that? Um. Sounds interesting.
0: Probably simultaneously not deep enough and uh scarily too scarily much. Scarily <laughs> too much. <laughs>
1: I might dive down that rabbit hole. That sounds interesting. Uh, when you have a really uh in, in, in wide intellect, you have to find rabbit holes to go down. that's right. what I hear anyway. So that's I'm, very I'm good. assuming that's what Jason That's has very to kind deal of you. With. Yes. Yes, of right. course. <laughs> Um, I think this week, this week, this next 15 minutes, or 16, <laughs> I don't mean to mislead you, um, we want to talk about this idea that uh, this, the difference between the book and the person uh, that God comes to us in. And you would think that a book would be something that would give us security because you could read it and you'd know what it said and it would give you definite uh, boundaries or definitions. Our descriptions, at least anyway, of what God is like, and you know how that turned out. We argue about it all the time. Mm. Uh, and the person of God would be much more mysterious and more difficult to grasp and to explain. Uh, but the truth is that our experiences with God give us great more security and and peace than the descriptions of who He is in the Word. Mm. And and so and so, there's this and i think you know being a methodist in wesley's life he had the book down pat when he went to georgia and was a missionary and when he was in the holy club and doing all those things but it wasn't until he had that experience with god at aldersgate that he had that sense of security and assurance that that uh, that this was that this whole thing was real even because i think he had doubts prior to that even coming back from georgia whether this was whether he even had whether he had any idea about what God was like or what was going on, it was that ex- that encounter with God, uh, that God becoming personal, a person in His life, uh, made the difference.
2: Yeah, it. It's interesting. The experience of God is so. The word comes to my mind. It messes with you. Yeah. Because it's it's it's, with the book. We've done this from the get-go. From the book, we pick our favorite passages, and we pick our favorite themes, and we put them all together in a basket and mix them up, and we come up with this theology that's distinctive to our group. So we got the Baptists and the Methodists and the Pentecostals and the Catholics and whatever. And you take the same document, and yet you come out with very different approaches to how to live with God, maybe. And we're all convinced that we've we've got it.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: When God visits, you we, you, I can't right. argue with His visit with you. Right. And you don't have groups of people. Well, maybe you do. You may have groups of people who say, "Well, my experience is just the same." but I don't know that they necessarily uh, form a club out of it. Yeah. You know, it's right. it's it's more it's more of storytelling than well, let's build a club out of the experience. Nah. Yeah. But it, it's um God inside me it it's so spontaneous and so um I don't wanna say the word arbitrary, but it is kinda arbitrary. Right. You know yeah it's you it's it's like trying to catch air in a butterfly net you can't really right. do it yeah it's i mean it's kind of what jesus told nicodemus you know it's it blows right like the wind it's unpredictable yeah. it goes where it will
1: yeah i think there's that uh that sense in which it you know the the mystery of it is is kind of frightening but it's also uh that place where we we express our trust, those encounters with God uh, and the scriptures we have of Him in Scripture, all those things, uh, and in the life of Jesus especially, kind of dare us to trust this God of mystery and um, all that, that's A-W-E, for those of you who don't speak Alabama. (laughs) uh, (laughs) That... To, to trust him in that so that those, those experiences become uh, something special. And so I think we take the word, and like you said, we choose the parts we like, but we also do away with the parts we don't like. Yeah. But in our relationship with him, in those encounters and those experiences, we can't do that. The Mm-mm. parts we don't like or don't understand, we can't just dismiss those, or I guess we can, but we miss, uh, you know, we live with this nag in our hearts when we do that. But we can include those and just say, you know, and and for me, just admitting that there is this mystery about God that I will never really understand or explain uh, is pretty freeing to allow God to be who he wants to be in my life. He doesn't have to meet my definitions or live in my boundaries, but that his presence can be experienced in a lot of different ways and a lot of different seasons and moments uh, and encounters that may not fit the definition that I thought they would have
2: what whether whether you whether God goes through a good experience or a bad one with you kind of your point is you you right. remember both yeah it and and in whereas in scripture you keep the good passages right air quotes good yeah. good to you yeah you underline and, the promises right yeah yeah and you kind of yeah there you go yeah and you kind of cast aside the not so good ones right air quotes again yeah but in your experience you don't have that but something that's kind of hit, hitting me during this phase of the discussion is that we're, and, and we're not demonizing the word at all, we're not belittling right. no. it, it it's what gets us started in this experience, It what introduces us to this God who we can experience it's like an an open opening introduction to it but Whereas this the scripture can be parlayed into a cattle prod, where once you've picked your favorite scriptures, or some people's favorite scriptures are quite vicious, you yeah. and use them as a cattle prod to control people and, and manipulate, and, you know, uh, get them to go where you want them to go. Whereas this experience with God, even in the bad situations, it doesn't go behind us and push us. It's more like a gravitational pull. That pulls us in closer right. to Him. Yeah. Um. It, I. I've been through some really dark times. I've been through some really good times, and God did them both with me. I want this God. Yeah. I want. I don't ever want to go through a bad experience without Him. I don't right. want to. It, yeah. It, there's a pull to it. Right.
1: Yeah. I think we get this idea that we have this hunger or this thirst for God, and we want to have that quenched. And that's the last thing we want. We want to always be hungry and thirsty yeah. for Him. That have to feel that tug yeah. that, that draws us deeper and further into relationship with yes. Him. And so that's not a source of doubt or fear, but instead it's a, it's a reminder to us that, yeah, God is inviting us and wooing us, inviting us in further and further. Let me ask a question.
0: Do you agree that as soon as you put an experience into words— you have already limited that experience.
2: Oh, word! Yeah,
1: <laughs> this <laughs> reminds me of a quantum physics truth. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you, Lanny Papo. <laughs> I yeah, I am the genius <laughs> uh, that uh, simply by measuring some uh, activities in in the natural world, you alter them. Uh, so it's kind of the same thing that. Uh, that when we try to measure things or define them, we actually change what they what they are in our minds or in our hearts. We, I think we put some limits on that.
2: yes, when we do that. Yes, well, yeah. hold, hold on though, hold on. What if, but what if we do it in community? Well, when I, yeah, you begin okay. to share your word in community, doesn't that grow instead of shrink?
0: Well, my thought was if if the three of us are having a delicious steak dinner and we all three order our steak, the proper way to do it Which is medium <laughs>
1: you disagree? Uh, mildly Wait, uh, What is yours? Medium rare Okay I, Yeah I, could, uh, go I, rare, I yeah. could go Medium
0: rare I could go medium rare I could go medium rare Not, yeah. medium rare.
1: not yeah. bleeding No you, no. It's not one of those Where a good vet Can get it back on its feet Oh
0: my <laughs> No I just didn't I just didn't want to Seem, like a, <laughs> <I didn't wanna laughs> seem right. like a savage I didn't want to Seem like a savage Like macho Yeah. All right, I'll take right. medium rare Alright so All three orders Say like medium rare It's cooked yeah. the same way It's prepared the same way But like as we eat it Each of us are going to have... We have different taste buds. Right. We have different experiences to draw on. We've eaten different steaks in the past. Um, We're going to chew it at different speeds, right? There's going to be all kinds of variables. And so, like, we try to explain it to one another. Mm -hmm. So, I might use different words or different metaphors Mm -hmm. to to explain it to you all. Or even to take a step further, if we leave the table and we go find somebody else and we each talk about our steaks... We'll use different words to describe it. We might compare it to different things. Right. Uh, I mean, like, so as soon as we as soon as we try to present it to somebody else, do we limit? Do we automatically limit it?
2: Well, it's yes because we're talking about the the steak. Okay. If we go to a restaurant and they come out with three plates full of steaks. And they say, "Guess what? They're free today for you." You say, "Who said that?" The owner of the restaurant. We all go away from the restaurant. None of us having a varying opinion about the owner of the restaurant. It's all, wow, that kicked butt right there. Yeah. No, no restaurant owner does that. Okay. So yeah. it, the the experience of the steak, yes, will be very different, but the 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 reality of how they wound up on our plate. Yeah. That would be pretty consistent, okay. I would say, and it wouldn't be limiting. It wouldn't. It it, it would. the The owner retains the bigness uh, that he that he brought to the table.
0: All right, the but, generosity and the kindness. But what if I bring baggage? Man, this metaphor right. is going deep. If I bring baggage to the table, and I'm like, oh, these these steaks probably fell on the ground right. in the kitchen. That's yeah. why he's giving them away. Mm. Or he feels bad mm-hmm. because I heard I heard somebody had a bad experience the last time they came here, or yeah, these are these stakes are out of date. What's know? a yeah.
2: what's a god to do?
0: Yeah, I, uh, yeah, right. What's a god but, to
2: do? Because people are always going to make up stuff about him, and yeah. people are going to yeah. make assumptions about him, right. and yet he shows up with free stakes all the time, yeah. all the t- and he keeps doing it. Yeah. Even, even though we accuse him of dropping them on the floor. Or- yeah.
1: And, uh, yeah, I think that's why people do experience and have different uh, reactions to, to free stake or whatever it is God's doing in their life um, because we, we don't come as a blank uh, sheet of paper. We come with all this history and story behind us. And so there are these different responses to God. And when we try to, uh, I think... Uh, when we try to share that with other people, when I try to tell them about that, it limits what they understand of it, partly because I can't explain it perfectly and partly because they they hear it through their own story uh, and their own experiences with steak or whatever. So uh, I think it is difficult, but I think that doesn't mean that we don't share those experiences, partly because they're meaningful to us and in relationships we share things that are meaningful to us, but also because we want to entice other people to try steak uh,
2: this i'm i'm a little bit shaky the last two or three years i've been doing this and i've been wondering whether i should or not i don't know if i should but in these kind of discussions i like to just for fun jump or into god's standpoint so what am i supposed to do stop giving out steaks you see what i'm saying yeah, yeah. Uh, from god's standpoint he's saying I know people love steaks, and so I'm going to keep giving them free stakes. Well, they're used to having to feel like they have to pay for them, but not with me. They get it yeah. free with me. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm I'm going to take the risk that they're going to misread this some way, but I'm going to keep giving because what is my alternative to stop giving out stakes? Yeah. Right. Because it's in my heart to give out right. stakes.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think, and I think part of the reason, it, or the value of that is. That he wants it to be, he doesn't want everybody to receive it in the same way. He wants that individual, unique encounter with each person, and so he does keep giving them out, even though people react in different ways. Um, That's not a not necessarily a a disadvantage or a uh, a detriment to the the encounter. The fact that it's different from other people, even if it's negative, um, the only way to change a negative response to that is to continue to do it. So I think you're right. I think he does continue to do it over and over.
2: I mean, literally, the document says he gives stakes to the just the, An unjust, and the unjust. Right. <laughs> <Yep>. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I changed it ever so slightly. slightly yeah. Wouldn't gives, that be cool? I'd take steaks over rain any day. Give steaks to the Just vegetarians meat, yeah. and meat eaters alike. There you right. go. Not that they're not that the vegetarians are unjust. Ooh, by the way, ooh ooh ooh. What's now the, the email you need yeah. to send to on this yeah. one. Yeah. Here's the thing. is also w. Brown. W. It's about
1: vegetarians. Is why do they want their burger to taste like meat and if they don't want to eat meat? I, it's like the burger, burger? this new. Uh, burger King. Yeah, they veggie, veggie burger. burger. Yeah. yeah, it tastes just like a hamburger. Well, why? If you don't want a hamburger, <laughs> do you want it to taste like a hamburger?
2: This is true.
1: This is a deep That's question. That's a whole new podcast <laughs> <Right>. we need <laughs> to explore. We should have ended 10,
2: uh, uh, two minutes no. ago. You can edit it. Don't <laughs> worry. No, this should stay. This should stay. And I think that we should, de- we should deal with the fact that God... Gives steaks to people who are vegetarians. <laughs> and he's he he says I'll make it taste like lettuce if you want me to. Or whatever. No, I'm good actually. Okay, no, I'll
0: take I'll take the meat. I went I went the I've not had the Impossible Whopper. I
2: haven't either. I would okay. like to try it. Would you? I would just curiosity. All right, so yeah. tune
0: in next week where we will <laughs> let you know how it tastes. We'll take a field trip. We will all eat an Impossible Whopper. <laughs> This episode of On Grace was not brought to you by Burger King and the Impossible Whopper, but it did involve me, Jason Brown, and my two friends, Wendell Van Valen and Wayne Hunter. The three of us served together at Broadway United Methodist Church in Bowling Green, Kentucky.